Thank you to our new Patreon subscriber, Rachel Williamson. Folks, you are the syrup on our pancakes. To support Book Reviews Kill and gain access to deleted scenes, exclusive full-length episodes, and monthly book giveaways, please click on the link in the description for this episode. Welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, Tor Books announced its acquisition of The Origins of the Wheel of Time, written by Michael Livingston, which contains the legend and mythologies that inspired and laid the foundation for Robert Jordan's famous series. The book is said to contain a brand new redrawn world map using some of the change requests discovered in Jordan's unpublished notes, as well as an alternate scene from an early draft of The Eye of the World. So if you have always wished for a Silmarillion equivalent, get out your Wheel of Time chips and prepare to dip deep into the queso of history and mythology that is the Wheel of Time. This book looks really beautiful. I want to get this. It does look really beautiful. It seems like one of those books that would sit on your shelf you just like kind of be, kind of be proud of. Right, where it's like, like a coffee table book or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Jordan had so many influences for that series. Like the harder you dig into it, the more you realize like, wow, he took from so many different things. I didn't know that he, I mean, like obviously everyone's inspired and nothing's new under the sun, but like this book was not even just his inspiration. It was like the actual first layer of his ziggurat. You know, it's like yeah. he took the whole world. Yeah, he borrowed from a lot of different mythologies. I mean, and to be he fair, he borrowed. turned it into he one of the most. <laughs> he took from a lot of different <laughs> things, but he made it into one of the most, that the longest, most detailed epic fantasy stories there is. So, I mean, still kudos to him. I mean, there's still a lot of originality in there, of course, but. Yeah, he uh he borrowed quite a few things. I mean, like Tarman Gaiden, the term for the kind of like last battle in those books is is a play on Armageddon. You know, oh, I mean, he, yeah, he was that's interesting. From, yeah, he was taken from all kinds of stuff. But like you said, you know, you can't create in a vacuum. It makes yeah. sense, and to compile it all into one book is uh, it's pretty awesome. And I mean, he took a plain donut and added like maple syrup to it, so like right, the that's world would be it. not a good place without maple bars. So yeah, I'm hooray kind of... for him. <laughs> I'm really interested in this this map, like because I love maps. They're one of my favorite things about fantasy books is Me the too. maps. But if there's changes on it, I'd be really interested to see what those changes are. And also the alternate scene from an early draft of the Eye of the World. Man, that is that's something I'd really like to look at for sure. Yeah, like is it a huge scene or is it like yeah someone else is having like a different conversation? Right. You know, yeah, right? I know. I wonder how they're trying to sell this. Right. Right. <laughs> like, it did. <laughs> make a special point of it in the article so like it, i would hope that it was something large and not just a little pithy whatever you know i went to this really awesome museum in seattle washington a few years ago called the museum of pop culture and they had one of their exhibits was fantasy and science fiction and i didn't even know about it before we went i was just there and i was so excited about it and i spent so much time in this like specific exhibit i had to be kind of dragged away from it um but there was this little spot and they had the first draft of it was the first page first draft or one of the early drafts of the name of the wind by patrick rothfuss and then right next to it was a first draft first page of a, a game of thrones and wow you could did see they just all, only have the first page i don't know but those are the only ones that were on display but you could see like it said like a silence of three parts on the t on in the first sentence oh. and um the edit on it was like what do you mean three parts like and it was just and then it was uh there was like a man you know it describes like a man uh, waiting to die or the cutthroat sound of a man waiting to die or something is it handwritten 
yeah the handwritten notes wow. but the it's the manuscript is typed out but the edits are handwritten sure and for the for the man waiting to die the edit was who is this man <laughs> it's like dude just let it breathe a little bit Whoa. like you're gonna find out yeah Put a lot of pressure on yourself <laughs> right away there weren't really that many edits on the um the game of thrones one it was pretty clean uh. there were i can't even specifically remember but it was just it was so neat and like even um like sanderson has a like an alternate way of king's draft that he had put up um a little while ago that i haven't read I can, yet but i've heard it's really interesting i can see martin kind of as being the guy who like crumples up his page and throws it in the waistband yeah, you know maybe he takes like so i feel like time. yeah i feel like he kind of ends the day with like a bunch of scattered crumpled papers around and like takes a little bit of pride in that you know i feel like that's how rothfuss is too i mean he apparently yeah. wrote like hundreds of drafts of uh the name of the wind i mean it's got to keep like word by word, you know, just <laughs> keep mm-hmm. hammering that thing out until I guess it's 100% perfect. But that'd be weird to have an editor like not even make it past the first page. Like, who is this man? Like, who is on. this man? Like, Whoa. <laughs> it's like literally the first page of the book. I heard about an author who was saying that he writes a sentence and then we'll just get it all out. And then he'll go back and he'll rewrite every sentence five different times and pick oh the God. one that is the best. Cool yeah <laughs> it's already so time consuming like, that sounds like hell man yeah i wonder if we'll ever get to the wheel of time on the podcast i, I that's pretty I far down it's the pretty list pretty far huh? down the list we got some we got some big beefcakes in front of us before yeah, we hit we wheel of time or even get kind of close i'm pretty content with just the tv show for now just like maybe just like not doing the wheel of time on yeah here. <laughs> just not at all like i mean i love it I, I love it so much it's such a <laughs> it's such a comfort read for me like i go back at every now and then and i really like uh the fourth book the shadow rising and the fifth book fires of heaven quite a bit and i did a, a whole like half kind of read through before bed of the shadow rising a couple of years ago like i really think robert jordan is an excellent writer there's so much good stuff in there, but man, like 14 books is just, it would take us, it would take us like six months if we were yeah. totally on our game to be able to do that. So I don't know. I'm not 100% mm. ruling it out, but maybe I'll just stick with this, uh, this cool little reference book for the next like, yeah, real time yeah. thing that I do. Wait, when we have like 40,000 like yeah. per episode <laughs> listens and we'll put everyone through the hell of us going through that for six months that would be <laughs> wild yeah we'd have to do like multiple parts per book and everything yeah. it'd be a whole undertaking once but... we can just do the podcast for a living then we can kind of do like two or three episodes a week of it you know and just bust it out yeah i mean because i know that at some on point that note, our patreon life... is <laughs> yeah right i know seriously uh i know i mean i know that at some point i'm gonna re i'm gonna reread the wheel of time again i know that i'm going to me too i'm gonna yeah. finish it I yeah. Oh yeah, to. you never finished. I keep no. forgetting you never finished it. I never got to the Brandy Sandy at the end, which I'm kind of like sad. I didn't really even know about him or that at the end. So you got to the dip. There's I a got dip. to the dip, dude. I got yeah. pretty deep into the dip too. Anyway, uh, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> uh, yeah, this week, man, we just I've just been podcasting so hard. I know it's like a silly question. I've seen you like every 20 minutes. I know we hang out. So I see you more than anybody else in my life. <laughs> yeah. I finished Kingdom of Copper by S.A. Chakraborty, and we're going to do an episode on that here in the next couple of days. Ooh, and I liked it a it. lot more than the first book. And I liked the first book just fine. But this one, I just felt like I was so much more connected with these characters in this world. And I'm still a little bit iffy on like which allegiance is which. And yeah. like, you know me, I just I don't like po- political intrigue very much. Ooh. It's just never been something I've been into in books. Uh, sometimes it can be done really well in a very interesting way and it's kind of done in an interesting way here but i'm much more attached to the characters and the um the world building in this totally. which obviously political intrigue is is weaved into the world building and vice versa of course but the first book 
uh, City of Brass. It's just like a little bit boring at parts, and I just kind of found myself tuning out. Not really so with Kingdom of Copper, though. I really kind of, yeah, I mean, we were really busy the last couple of weeks, and I had to kind of push it to the side. But once I sat down with it, I was just like, whoa, okay, yeah, here we go. Same. The other morning, I woke up and was reading some of it, and then I had to do something else. And I thought to myself, oh, man, I have to do something else. And I was like, oh, I can listen to some on the audiobook. And I was like, then after that, I was like, oh, look at you all wanting to continue reading this. All right, Shocker <laughs> yeah, Bordy coming around. You, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you about that for sure. And Damn. do a nice juicy episode about that um i also finished deluxe volume 10 of berserk which would put me at chapter 33 right now of berserk i'm really interested to see because kentaro miura died last year and they're continuing on with the series obviously but i am really i'm getting close to current release and i'm really mm -hmm. interested to see what they've been doing like studio gaga is the studio that he was the head of and was working with when he died and then his longtime best friend who's also a mangaka is picking up and kind of heading that whole development there. And manga is a writer of manga, novels? right? Yeah, a manga okay. artist, totally. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm we're at a we're at a strange spot here with Berserk, and I don't know if any of our listeners are as far into it as I am. It's a, quite the uh, investment. So when does it officially switch over to not being written? I think by number forty two, and I'm on thirty three, so I'm closing okay. in on that right now. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I've got the single volumes here too. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's always a little scary going into something. You're like, please don't corrupt this. I know. I don't think they're going to, but it's going to, yeah. I, I, I'm i wondering how much of a shift I'm going to notice. Like, I wonder, it's kind of like what we were talking about with um, Wheel of Time, like when Sanderson took over for Jordan. There is a, you can, you can kind of see it. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's a little subtle. Like it's, but I think that with the visual medium, it's like, this is artwork, right. you know? And I know that Miura had um, a lot of his, like, kind of, there were people working in the studio that would do kind of like, the um, kind of grunt work, I guess, is what you would call okay. it. Like, um, but he was still doing the majority of the illustrations. But if it was like the third one, I'd be a lot more worried for you. But since it's like the fourteenth or whatever, the forty second, eleventh, yeah, the forty second uh, chapter, yeah. then it's like yeah, there's enough right. out there to kind of steer the ship and get it pointed in the right direction. Like, how much off track can they really? Well, I mean, I'm I sure know. quite you a never bit. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones season eight, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, we're gonna see for sure. And then after Berserk, I'm probably gonna start a Vinland Saga, which I'm pretty excited about. And then uh, let's see what else. I am also reading uh, Jason Pargin's If This Book Exists, You're in the Wrong Universe, which is book four in the John and Dave series. Like John dies at the end stuff. Oh yeah, yeah you're, you're reading that too, obviously. Yeah, yeah, we're sharing books. Dude, great. We're like on the same track here. We got it because we have authors coming on and stuff. They're requesting to be on our podcast. We don't have Jason Ben, no big deal or anything. Yeah, we just had Jason Pargin on um, on Friday and he was such a delight. We he talked was for a long time. Yeah. A content machine, that guy. It was great. Yeah, it was really cool to have him on. It's so wild. Like I was reading his books years ago and then just to have like an author that I really respect and had been reading most of his work and then he emailed me. It's right. Like, hey, you want to hang out? <laughs> it's like, yes, of course, absolutely. He was such a nice guy. My intimidation, the intimidation factor was gone. And we've been doing a bunch of authors, so that's kind of going away. But it was, he was, he was just such like a down to earth, like nice guy that the intimidation was like fully gone on minute three. I was like, okay, totally. we're, we're in good hands here. Yeah, those interviews are fun. They're really They're nice really because I feel like, like you and I don't have to really talk that much. Like we get engaged and we, we can ask questions and things, but that's about them. Like they get to talk a bunch and we kind of sit back and I was like playing with my fidget spinner and 
you know, probably vaping a little bit too much. And I saw <laughs> just you just like hanging out. Puffing away over I know, here. I know. I had like drink, I drank like two cups of coffee. <laughs> I, did, I drank a cup. I wanted to, well, I won't go into that, but yeah, I drank a bunch of, cup of <laughs> cups of coffee also. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've also. I'm trying to catch up with Marvel movies right now. Really? So I know it's so out of left field, but like, okay. You just so need I, some one-liners in your life? No, or you no, like... no, I don't need any more of those. Oh my God. Yeah. I had to stop like halfway through. I need one of some them quippy night. dialogue. It's so quippy. It's, it's so, so they're in the middle of a fight and it's just like, ah, language, you know? And, um, so like, where am I at right now? So I'm, I'm watching, I stopped halfway through Captain America: Civil War. If that gives you any idea of how many more movies I need to watch to like get, I know that that one was like years ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah, I, I looked just up stopped the whole... trying. Cool. I know I'm like seventeen behind. They are they're, really cool. They're very cool. I feel like um, I don't know. Okay, just for full transparency to you and to our listeners and everything, I was never a big Marvel or DC like comics person. I just. It just never resonated that much with me. Um, so I think that a lot of it's getting lost for me in that I wasn't reading the comics. And I, there's like a certain vibe to the movies that I feel like they're probably nailing in regards to the comics with the mm-hmm. one-liners and the quippiness and the different personalities of everybody. And I can totally respect and appreciate it. But like, yeah, those movies are zany. Like, they're just... I. <laughs> They're it's kind of like what we were zany. talking about with like uh quarter thorns and roses where you know <laughs> i kept wanting to pause every 10 minutes and just be like okay what like, like why dive? would they yeah like Start what? flipping rocks and over it's like dude don't think about it that hard you know like don't worry about it this is like this is fast food like really good delicious fast food mm-hmm. but it's it's fast food you know it's junk food it's like a top 40 like major key just easy yeah. to listen to it's not bad music it's just like I mean, simple the and are, easy and it's a formula movies are beautiful they're beautiful like just and there's so many cool you know when we were talking last week about the part in rings of power where arandir like catches that arrow like right before there's yeah. like 50 of those moments in each mcu movie so totally. they really carry it through you know like when in in captain america civil war like i think bucky like kicks the guy off a motorcycle and then grabs the handlebar of the motorcycle and like spins it around and hops onto it. It's just like, what the hell is going on right now? It's, um, it's very good. Yeah. I, I, I don't, they're all like two and a half to th- almost three hours long. They're so I know long. it's crazy, but like what you're, the point you're making is totally true. Like worst case scenario, you're going to get beautiful fight scenes and cool slow motion graphics. And, you know, some of the character relationships and stuff, I mean, like, um, you know, like Black Widow and the Hulk and mm-hmm. there's just some like really good conversations happening there. Like a lot of the stuff between um, like Iron Man and Captain America, yeah. uh, like a lot of those conversations are really good. Um, like the downtime, like vibe checky moments of those movies are really, really cool. I like them and they, they contrast really well with the wacky, outrageous action scenes that there are. It's just sometimes like something happens and it's just like, wait why did why did that happen and it's like we're moving on we're moving on that happened because that happened and we're just you know don't worry about it but yeah so i need to finish uh civil war and then i think i need to watch uh guardians of the galaxy 2 and then like oh, Infinity you war. 
Yeah, I the Guardians have always War. been some of my favorites. I love. I've seen those. the first one, but yeah, I haven't seen Infinity War. I haven't seen a. Um, I just watched Age of Ultron yesterday, and that was awesome. I, apparently, okay. that's the worst one. That's the worst it's Avengers movie. Is it, oh, is it an Avengers one? I guess it's is the it most the... like forgettable one. Does it have the big ship? It's like the first time you got the big flying like aircraft carrier thing, right? Uh no, but that does show up in the oh, end. Okay. It's the one where Ultron like takes a big chunk of of like a city and raises it up into the sky to slam uh, it back down yeah, to the earth. Yeah, yeah and I, like that was really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was neat. Um, I still need to watch quite a few more of them. I'm excited to watch Thor Ragnarok. I heard that was like one of the best ones. And again, worst case, you can just like drool over um Chris Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> thank you. And Chris Evans. Uh, like, yeah, lots of beautiful Christmas. But yeah, um, I think that all started because I saw the trailer for Love and Thunder, and I was like, oh man, like I really want to watch that. And then is that a new Thor movie? Yeah, apparently it's pretty cool. Um, apparently the Thor movies are like the ones to watch. Um, now that and the Spider Man, I still haven't watched any of those either. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't watched the newest one, but I heard it's really good. And yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of those. Things Did you I watch Into, into the Spider Verse? Yes, that was oh, really that's good. So yeah. good. I think that's not that's not the same um, canon. Yeah, sure. I don't it's think like it's a separate like... thing. Um, it's but it's probably my favorite Spider-Man movie. It'd be cool to see Miles Morales like turn up in like a new Avengers movie or something. Yeah. But I think they're gonna keep that other dude. Like um, keep him animated. Ooh, whoa, <laughs> that'd have be him interesting. Bust in there, yeah, because they're all <laughs> all about like mixing the multiverses yeah. together. Might as well. Yeah, the MCU is always going to be one of those things for me where like I don't get all the way into it. You know, um, I yeah. want to, but just I've got so many other realms of nerdery. That hole goes to, like, deep. It goes very. I know. I was I was like watching it and I was online looking up like what comics to buy and like what yeah. graphic novel omnibuses to look at and I was like, Evan, oh, just God. relax, relax, just watch the movies. If you if you're really that into it, you know, like maybe buy a couple comics, but you've got enough on your plate, right? Just just enjoy the movies. Just watch them and we can yeah. talk about it later you know? <laughs> and there's but, like you know you want to write them off as just like cracker jack like you know top 40 spinoffs ah, and they're just doing the same thing and it's like yeah but at the same time there's a lot of lore and canon in there and from yeah. i'm i'm not super deep into it but from i know some people who are and from them there's a lot of little references to like subtle things that you'd yeah. have to be like a hardcore like marvel person in order to get so like that's pretty cool yeah, I mean, the one thing, the only thing that I'm really not stoked about with this whole kind of little venture that I'm going on with watching these movies is that I was never able, I didn't watch them in theaters. And I'm just kind of kicking myself because I feel like that's, movies. yeah, I should have. Like, it's a different thing sitting on my couch watching it on like my 50 inch TV, which is a nice TV, but it's like, it's not the same thing. I don't have popcorn, I don't have candy and soda. She's and I can go get this. It's, under not, you. It's, just, it's just not the same experience, you know? I feel like it's, there's kind of this allure and other kind of like vibe to it when you're seeing it in a movie theater. And, I don't know. I feel a little FOMO, not going to lie. Like, I just, you know, I feel like I missed out on being able to see, you know, Endgame in theaters and going to that midnight release and being part of all that. I, I wish now that I just hadn't written it off the way that I did. Yeah. Because these movies are really fun. And, like, even if they're not fun, like, 90% of America has decided that they're, like, fun to watch. And so when you go, it's kind of like a bonding experience with everybody. Like, there's very few movie movies that you go and everyone's, like claps at the beginning when it opens you know and it's like oh, those really? are definitely movies thing? oh yeah people like i mean if you go to like one of the first couple of days that it's out you know totally it'll yeah. be packed and everyone's hyped half not half but 
5% of people are dressed up, which is, I just always love that when I see someone dressed up for a movie. I'm like, good job. Go you. I'm glad people like you exist. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, I think I've only seen two Marvel movies in theaters. I saw Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy. That's, that's a good one, and, though. Yeah, it was really good. And then I saw Doctor Strange <laughs> in theaters, which was wow. good. It was cool. I've never seen uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, that one's worth a watch. Wow. You, yeah, you've, uh, there's one that I've watched that you haven't. Oh, dude, yeah, I've, I've not watched very many, but I have seen a lot of them in the theater. My best movie theater experience ever was seeing the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Can I tell you about it? Of course. Okay. So I was traveling for work. I was down in San Antonio. And the last thing that I, I would this, had this tradition when I go on work trips, the last night I would always go to a movie by myself. And it was just so great. And I would go get the biggest like Coca-Cola and like bunch of candy. Awesome. So I went to a store beforehand, had like a huge thing of non-theater approved Reese's peanut butter cups, which I love. <laughs> I show up to the movie theater place and which was right on the river walk. So San Antonio has this like river that runs all around in their downtown. So it's a really cool little setting. And the gal was like, are you in the military? And I was like, ma'am, I have a big Afro at the time. I was like, ma'am, do I look like I'm in the military? She's like, good enough for me. Gives me a military discount. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. Like stolen valor, but I'll take it. And then <laughs> we, uh, I go into the movie theater. And then jokingly, when the gal hands me my Coke, she's like, is there anything else I can get for you? And I was like, yeah, you can put some whiskey in there. And then she was like, oh, go like right over there. That guy will do that. And I was like, what? So I went over and got whiskey in my Coke, which was great. And then I go into the movie theater. Have you ever been in a, a what's the not regal one? It starts with an A, ACX, A something X. AMC, sure. AMC, AMC, it's an AMC. There was literal lazy boys, every one of them. Oh yeah, like, they have one of those in Portland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I had buttons on the side to totally. kick my chair back. It was oh, yeah. incredible. I've never like been in a movie theater. $16 a ticket. Yeah, I yeah. expect that. Yeah, Yeah. right. <laughs> so uh, but you know, it's the same price here and I get these like crappy little fold out seats yeah. um so i'm sitting there and in this awesome chair there's like 18 people in the movie theater i'm seeing Gar guardians of the galaxy and the lights stay on and we get like halfway through the trailer and the lights are still on and so i was like i am not having my perfect experience ruined by the lights on so i go outside oh and God. i find an employee <laughs> to turn the lights off and then i go back in and everyone kind of pieced it together because i like left and then came back right when the lights came off someone was like thanks man and i was like you're welcome and i bowed and everyone stood up and clapped for me oh my god <laughs> and then i watched a great movie and it was my favorite movie experience ever wow that's amazing <laughs> right? i'm so happy that i know that about you Thank you. I am happy too. <laughs> Thanks for letting me tell my story. <laughs> so, speaking of <laughs> you talking at length, uh, what did you do this week? Oh man, uh, so much and so little here. Let's see. Um, I read. Uh, I started on Viking on Viking Seas. I always want to put a the in there, but it's the next one in the Forerunner series by Jay Veloso Baptista that I've been reading, and it's really good. The series is just getting better and better. The characters oh, yeah. are getting older and more mature and he is being like he wasn't a bad writer at the beginning but the books are maturing alongside his writing and it's just totally. really cool to see that the first time i really noticed that was in the john dies trilogy you can just see jason parjan getting better and better and better on those books and on that note um, i finished his new book which is if this book exists you're if this book exists you're in the wrong universe oh you finished it Oh man, it's so good. It's so good. It's just a fantastic. It's it's the it's a it's the rompiest romp you can have in the cosmic horror. 
Yeah, genre. I mean, I'll give away just a little bit of the interview. Um, but he had mentioned that he had first started writing it as like these kind of short story compilations almost on the internet back in like pre-blog days in like the late 90s. And he knew that people were just a click away from something way more interesting than his story. So he made it as entertaining as he possibly could. Like just you, you go two paragraphs in this book and something different is happening, you know, and it really it is very reflective of that his initial process even in his later books you know they're just so exciting like you have no right. idea what the hell is going to happen next it's all interdimensional and like he's got like a good kind of like douglas adams kind of approach to it where it doesn't yeah. take itself too seriously and oh man oh, it's just I, wacky fun but yeah that's a really interesting like way to write a book with having yeah. knowing that like you have to keep it's kind of like what it reminded me of was like a good TikToker or YouTuber, someone making short form video content. They do the jump yeah. cut all the time, right? And it's to yeah. rehook engagement and your attention. And he kind of had to do that with his writing, and it shows because it is uh, jumpy in a fun, great way. So if you haven't read the John Dies series, I would definitely recommend those. Uh, and then, of course, I've been reading Kingdom of Copper. I didn't um, finish it like you did, but like you said, uh, it's way better than the first one, and I'm looking forward to finish it and then uh, deep dive into it with you later on this week. Also, I started A Wings of Ruin. Barely. We've had to do a lot of reading uh, this week for authors and stuff, but I'm getting in there. Yeah. I'm, out. Big, I'm getting that spice. Yeah. I'm not quite wanting to like needing to drink milk yet because I haven't had enough of it, but I'm sure it's coming. Man, Wings of Ruin is going to be a uh, an interesting episode. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to be a long one. It's, uh, that that book took me a long time to finish. I think that one took me the longest of all the uh, Akatar books to get through. Really? I don't know. The it's, other ones uh, are just hors d'oeuvres, man. Just yeah, I mean, them. you might get through it a lot faster. Like, I can't remember exactly what was going on with me um, when I read that one, but I think I, you know, when you're reading something and you're just not very, you're not super motivated to pick it back up just because yeah. it's like, uh, I've kind of left off in a weird spot there and I don't really care about what's going on. And then, but then you read like 200 pages in a sitting because it just won't stop and it's, you know, total anarchy, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of how that book is towards the end. You're going to like the ending a lot. That's what okay. I, I will say that for, and I like the ending a lot, but man, the, the, the road it took to get there, <laughs> <laughs> the path along the way is a oh little rocky, God. huh? But then you get to read a court of frost and starlight, which is just mwah, such really? a great little novella. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a little Christmas special. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is it so short? Good. Yeah. It's like, uh, I think it's less than 200 pages or oh, like wow. right around, right around 200 pages. It's a, yeah. it's a little baby. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that one. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, one thing that keeps me kind of excited for these books, even when I'm in a downtime, is you never know when Sarah J. Moss is just going to destroy her own world. Just be like, and yeah. total 180 degree turn, we're going yeah. this way now, which is always like exciting to know that an author is not afraid to do that because uh, it just yeah. kind of keeps you a little like sweaty the whole time, and I love that. Yeah, she has a kind of a tendency... Um... You know, when you're reading and and you're like it's quiet it's a little too quiet here mm -hmm. you know um she has a tendency to like right when you think that things are about to get a little bit too boring just all hell breaks loose yeah she's really really good at that i feel like those books are kind of like dragon ball z ish <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like ah like, how long is he gonna so... run down this road <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh she's so he's she's so powerful yeah, <laughs> uh, her power levels off the charts. Like everybody's power level is just always increasing, and they're always like training and 
arguing Dude. with each other and stuff. Dylan and I really played a drinking similar. game in the first uh season of that show where we would drink every time oh we'd have to chug every time they were charging and then we would drink every charging. time they destroyed a mountain. Yeah, that's like, and we drank wasted. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of mountains being destroyed in Dragon Ball Z. Mountains. There's yeah. a lot of uh, like we, I, whenever they're like really uh, they they like can't believe something, you know, like someone's power level or somebody just died or whatever. They do like this weird thing where they because the animation like you can only do so much with it. You right. gotta like rely on the vocals a lot, and they'll do this like this stuttery kind of like like. They do it for like 10 or 15 seconds yeah. sometimes. It's like yeah. awkwardly long. I really love that show so much, though. Yeah, I mean, and like, oh my God. Piccolo destroys the moon. Yeah, he does destroy the moon. Yeah, just like in the middle of a fight, he because the other person's going, like, needs the moon to go Super Saiyan, I think. And uh, then he, he does, uh, he turns into like a, like a big primate. Yeah, like thing. a werewolf ape thing, and he needs the moon yeah. to do it, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. it's not Super Saiyan, but. Some some other mode of superpower, yeah. and so his solution is to destroy the moon. Not yeah. sure how that affected the, the tides. The, the power levels in Dragon Ball Z are very weird because it's like Piccolo can't beat this guy, right? Who's obviously really powerful, but he does have enough power to literally destroy the moon. So yeah. it's like, man, you can destroy the moon. Like, how strong is Vegeta? Like, this is ridiculous, you know. And you didn't, you weren't like next to the moon, you know. You were however far away the moon is so right and then now they just don't have the moon anymore ever <laughs> well, right which is like, like no i don't tides. know how that affected yeah, the yeah the seasons <laughs> no I big deal think, i wonder if there's any i haven't uh, i didn't pay that much attention to it but i wonder if you went back and watched uh the later seasons of dragon ball z if they like drew the moon back in there and they were just like don't worry about that i don't that know <laughs> I, I don't know because they leave earth pretty quick after that i think yeah well, then they go back obviously yeah i guess so huh. all, the, all the cell hijinks but yeah, yeah um yeah that maybe i give that one another run i know that there's Dude, um there so there good. are like fan edits of dragon ball z um i have saw they were on youtube they might have been taken down obviously but i'm sure they're still out there but you can find fan edits for dragon ball z where um the charging kind of it like cuts out a lot of the chaff you know of like i mean i personally like a lot of that stuff but like when piccolo and goku like go get their driver's license and stuff he's just oh like come gosh. on like what the hell is going on right now this is Bro, so we get ridiculous. the old man just like creeping out on the ladies or something I know, so yeah, many take times. all of that stupid stuff it. out of there um and it, you can really condense it down to, and the intros and outros too you know where it's just like last time on dragon, on ball, dragon z. ball z yeah uh <laughs> So those have a very special place. In They're my really heart. cool, but they take up quite a bit of the space of the episode. I mean, there's totally. really if you if you really shave down like the intros, the outros, the, the charging, the yeah, everything. Chunks, yeah. If you really shave it all down, there's only like six minutes of like real <laughs> stuff happening in each one of those episodes. So they they shrunk it all down to like four hours per saga. So like the cell wow. saga is like four hours long, you know, and it's just That's it's like, just like a long movie. Yeah. It's like twelve hours long, right? Like the actual I don't know, but it's a lot longer than sure. four hours. They made some really cool little like movie sides too. Like there's one where there's um Gohan, Goku's son goes to like a tournament. Yeah, like, there's, the like greatest uh, fighters the in the world's strongest really and good. like the tree of life and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, those are really those are cool. fun. 
Um, and as far as shows that we're watching, you know, if you don't know, now you know. Evan and I are watching the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and the House of the Dragon show and doing an episode about it every time, which is kind of a cool way to get recapped and refreshed. Like tonight, the House of the Dragon show is coming out, which I'm stoked for. It just started a few minutes ago. Yeah. I, so I think we should we'll, probably uh, move over to the Monday morning or the uh, fictional fun facts so that we can get We uh, should. We should. Okay, okay. Let me, let me wrap up here. I got two more things real fast. What? Three you have two things. more things? Three, yeah three more things um, okay so i want to watch this episode i know okay go ahead, go ahead. it's recorded you're right, you're um, right i watched a movie called since i have hbo go now called moonfall about the moon you just watched like moonfall i did watch oh moonfall i was just like so tired of working oh. in books and i just was like i need to just sit down and do nothing and veg and that looked God. exciting and so i watched it and it was ridiculous yeah i remember and it wasn't bad but was like, it okay it was, it was. It was okay, was it like but it was not with good. Like, it was okay. Was it on par with like the core? Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, okay. it was fun. Yeah, I like it. It was not literally about good. the moon falling into the earth, right? Yes, like, yes, literally about the moon falling. No, that wasn't just a marketing nope, stunt. No, that's, that's literal thing. Like, <laughs> like it's getting it gets close enough that its gravity is sucking things off of the planet, and people are like being having to hold on to people so they're not being sucked up by the moon wow, like actually crashing into the that earth is wild please it don't give wild. it away don't give any i, I don't oh, know I won't, if it actually I it's fun though i mean it's not right. as good as like 2012 but it's like close i never saw 2012 oh what is it good that was john great. john cusack no but like yeah. <laughs> it was really it's like um the marvel you know it's like how bad can it be? You get to see like LA like ripped in half and like huge seismic activities that are just like awesome, you know? Man, remember um Michael the, Bay. Remember all the uh I remember like the uh the all the weirdness surrounding that date. Like in like 2010, 2011, it's like we're getting closer, we're getting closer, yeah. you know. And then I remember um I was a little bit weirded out about it, obviously, in like in the year 2012, and then I remember in like September, October 2012 some article came out i think on like reddit or something where somebody was like hey uh this calendar that everybody's basing this on uh they didn't account for leap years uh <laughs> so that should have happened like a year and a half ago if you, if you yeah <laughs> and then i was like oh okay who cares about that word though? we're good <laughs> i don't know actually the lore here but like i thought that it was just kind of when the mayan calendar ended like they didn't say and here the world ends it just didn't go past that date because yeah, like, like how many circle. days are you gonna write out on freaking stone yeah. or whatever you know yeah i'm not super clear on what that was either but it, it was i remember like there were there were like 2012 like meetups going on um oh yeah like like before the day even there were like clubs starting and stuff for people that were it was like y2k stuff and i don't really remember mm -hmm. that i remember yeah. y2k pretty good Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was... Um, I was really the... hoping that it was going to happen. I thought it would be awesome because I was like 11 or something. Yeah, and I was like, right. it would be so cool. It would be like camping for like a couple weeks. Yeah, <laughs> be camping for a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, I didn't really think about like the destruction of society <laughs> and people like starving to death and stuff. Like, you know, Young chap was, wanted to camp. <laughs> what was your other thing? Um, okay, so you recommended... I have something that I played this oh. week. Yeah, you made a recommendation to me to play a little app game on my phone, though I've never used my phone for games before. Right. Um, called Kingdom Rush. Yeah. Man, dude, I've been rushing kingdoms all week. <laughs> it's, it's really great. fun, right? It's yeah. Really fun. Though I wish it was kind of harder. I have yet to lose. Yeah. Um, if you set the difficulty a little harder, there's like oh, there's you know how, Yeah, but in, you know in some video games where there's like there's like the quote unquote 
different difficulty levels but yeah. it's like like in halo like um like there's like heroic which is pretty difficult and then there's oh, legendary yeah. which is like too no shield it's, it's way too hard and it's kind of like that with that game where it's like there's no in between there's like a little uh, bit too easy setting and then way, way so hard you don't even want to play it oh, um, darn. so but yeah it's a really fun game it's like a good like tower defense thing totally. i wish that they would hit us up for advertising i'd be able to advertise the shit out of that game yeah like, yeah we totally yeah. should yeah i'll hit them up i'm gonna send them an email <laughs> do it <The> kingdom rush <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the best tower defense kingdom game rush. you've ever yeah, played yeah i could get behind that That's six hours um, on my cell phone with this game no big deal yeah, right uh, okay and then just the last thing i wanted to say oh is God. i got some awesome book mail this will be quick okay. uh, i received the starless sea by aaron morgenstern 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 nice morgenstern. yeah i have that yeah, over which, here yeah nice and i have the night circus um which she also wrote yeah right? get on that yeah that's a really yeah good book. And so i have both of them now that i need to read and there was a note in there i got it from ella so ella thank you so much you are the best book bender that's ever bended a book uh and her note cracked me up it said because i'm pretty sure there's a boat and you never shut up about the fucking boats <laughs> <laughs> i just died yeah so thank you so much for the book it really made my day yeah, I got some book mail too, actually, while we're on the subject. Uh, one of our Discord mods, Rachel, otherwise known as uh, Gemini Vibes, Gemini sent, me, vibes? sent me Lost Gods by Brom, which I've been cool. really meaning to get to. Yeah, Brom, uh, there's a lot of really cool art, and apparently those books are nice and creepy and fantastical and weird. I really appreciate that. We have some ex- excellent uh, book fairies in our community really really do and with all of that because i want to get to this house of the dragon episode you can now do the fun fact the fun Evan. fact oh yeah i'm doing the fun fact okay here we go and we're not going to rush through the fun fact because our fun facts are important i'm going to take but... my sweet time <laughs> <laughs> all right so the fictional fun fact is that nk jemison made history as the first writer ever to win the prestigious hugo award three times in a row with her Broken Earth trilogy of books. She's also the first black author to ever win the Hugo Award in the Best Novel category for the fifth season, a post-apocalyptic tale and commentary on society and race relations. And I still haven't read the Broken Earth trilogy. Dude, and that you is gotta how, read it. I know, every, that's the one, that is the one thing that like whenever I post a video, someone's like, invariably, like, have you read Broken Earth yet? When are you going to get to Broken Earth? And I hear you. You're you're 100% valid, everybody that's ever commented that, because I do have to get to that. But wow, wow, winning the Hugo Award three times in a row, that's unheard of. That's ridiculous. Yeah. All the other, like, because every single year, people put out amazing books. And to outshine them three times in a row, like, that's just... Yeah, it's very, very impressive. And like a feat to put, you know, if you're like a knight, you know, and you get like announced before coming into the room you know like that would definitely be on her credentials list for sure and like not only that but then also she was the first african-american to do like wow she just like crushed she probably like almost like kind of embarrassed the third time she's like sorry guys (laughs) (laughs) okay without spoiling can you just can you just give me like a a quick little elevator pitch for the broken earth trilogy like is can can you do that like without just very light sure sure okay the Broken Earth is a really cool tale and about unique characters who go through a. I'm, I'm trying so to make vague. it as general as possible. <laughs> go through like... a uh, an adventure that's like a very cool, like eclectic and unique combination of science fiction and fantasy with high stakes, high fiction, 
and it's really like analogous to the time it's very relevant very relevant okay yeah okay. so there's like every like couple chapters you're like oh good point oh okay. good point okay. and I'm it's just that. like refreshing and unique and like it's kind of new it's like a but it is kind of it's kind of grim sometimes you know like yeah sometimes i've heard it was it's like, like a little people have to take breaks with those books yeah sometimes. yeah it was kind of like um I'm sure people have heard me complain about this before that I don't really like a book that's really dark in the universe, like Mistborn. It's all black and white, you know, and there's some very cool, awesome, colorful features in um, the broken earth, but there's sometimes it's just like, man, yeah, that's it's a lot serious. of dead stuff. Yeah. It's very serious. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll be a good trilogy to read after I'm done with Thrawn, you know, like, yeah. like finish the Star Wars books and then get into something a little heavier and a little more yeah. like maybe meaningful, I guess. Is but the it's also, word. I don't know. Yeah. And it's also packaged in like a bunch of tropes that you're very familiar with, like with the running and hiding and like leading a group of people to a certain place and secret yeah. forts. But it's like kind of repackaged in a fresh new look. It's, it's very good. Yep. I'll be getting to that soon. I just need to work my way through the rest of Thrawn and then I'll probably be reading Broken Earth while we're reading The Dark Tower. I think that'll work. That might I don't know how dark the Dark Tower is, but that might you might we might need a palate cleanser in there too. Nah, Dark Tower is perfect. Is that your palate cleanser? Already, okay. Yeah, I already know what it is. Yeah, okay. I'll be fine. I'll be just fine. <clears throat> Maybe I'll read no, like no, a no. Terry Pratchett book in there or something. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for us today here on the Monday Morning Minute. Chad and I both need to go watch this episode of House of the Dragon because the last episode was a little bit slow. So I have a feeling this one's gonna be it's gonna pack a punch. I'm l really looking forward to it. And you'll so all much. hear our thoughts on House of the Dragon probably after you're done listening to this episode, actually, because it's going to come out at the same time as uh, everything else tomorrow, Monday. Today. Today is Monday, if you're listening to today this. Today is Monday. <laughs> but anyway, everybody, thank you so much for being here with us today on your Monday morning. We really appreciate your time. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody. Bye.